podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On today's show, we are looking at the lack of scrutiny for Pep Guardiola falling over that Mason Greenwood fella and asking if Trent is actually a midfielder, or with a special guest as well. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of a pod of two halves. My name is Michael, I'm here with Lee, he's made his triumphant return back this week following a week out injured. How are you? Yeah, I'm good mate, thank you very much. Pleased to be back? I am mate and uh, to be honest I have to say I really enjoyed last week's pod. There you I, go, I gave you it, see? I listened all Whoa. the way through and I thought it was really High good. praise. There you go, and this is, he's a tough man to please. I've lived with him for like eight years, I should know this. Um, we're also here with, with Woods and... Uh, Today is our 80th episode. We are 80 episodes old now. Strong. Right, that's a pretty fucking round number, if you ask me, 80. And let me tell you this right now. We ain't got no plans to quit anytime soon. Yeah? Even with someone... We will, get through the the ad- we will get through the adversity. It just requires Lee Collard to buy a microphone. Yeah? And to utilise his girlfriend's laptop. That's I all think, we're I think Jamie's, Jamie's got one spare. Because no, he ain't he ain't ever making a <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> no, I will invest. That's what I like we to do hear. need to keep this going. We'll have our little La Liga segment. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, and then to, to celebrate the 80th episode of the show, we have a special, a very special, an extremely very special guest, Kieran, my man. The return. Far too much praise. Wait, 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 let's be clear about it, right? I think we can all agree, right? We're all in agreement that you did provide us with the greatest segment this show has ever seen. The complete beheading of Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, A phenomenal like time. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It was definitely the best segment we've ever done. Um, although, by all accounts, we touched on it a few weeks back. Carlo's actually been doing all right up until last night. Did you watch but- the game last night? Fortunately not. Um, I had an, a work meeting, uh, which mate, distracted me from this. So, so lucky, mate. That work meeting, I guarantee you, was far more exciting than this game of football. It was abysmal. I obviously, as a living with an Everton fan, I have to watch it, and it was fucking awful. I can't believe how bad it was. Literally, both teams, just just nothing. Nothing. Dyer. Just nothing going on at all. You got Eric Dyer took a free kick. Why is he taking a free kick? So, here's the thing. I... I remember, and he's it's, it's often lost, uh, but Eric Dyer scored a free kick at Euro 2016. Did he? Did he? Yeah. Against? See, this is it. Because everyone, all everyone remembers about Euro 2016 is, is Iceland and Joe Hart can't dive to his left. Yep. Um, Joe but, Hart can't, yeah. can't, can't dive anywhere these days. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get a gig at Chelsea. Um, yeah, he scored a free kick against Russia in our opening game. Oh, well, really? there you go. Yes, there you go. Yeah. But um, how have you guys been? Like, how, how have your weekends been? Kieran, what have you been up to? Obviously, we haven't heard from you in a long time. Working. We've had a pandemic since then. Yeah. <laughs> how have you been, man? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine. I've been working, though, over the weekend. I'm in the bookies, so they're back open, spreading the corona, you know. <laughs> people got to win, haven't they? So. Well, that's me. You know, people are placing their spread bets and you're placing your spread virus. Yeah. I could have thought of something better there, but 
I wanted to get a I, I get where you were going with the spread and the spread. I I, I can see it. We just I, didn't have time to I think to I've work been in like about five bookies in my life. All of them with Lee whilst he's pissed and trying to uh, I find them ultra, the- in, mate, ultra intimidating mate, been, places to be. There's been some great times where we've gone into a bookies just before a night out. We've stuck, stuck in a cheeky tenner and come away with 50 quid, mate. That's, that's a- On the roulette machine. We used to fucking love that roullette machine. I never forget... Quick story. When we was living in, uh, me and Lee, this is about, must have been, what, seven, eight years ago? Yeah. We were living in Colchester Town. And uh, back in those days, we liked to party a lot. We, we, we liked to party. And uh, Lee didn't have much money left. We were looking, was, you know, I think it might have been the I week. I never had any much money left. But it was like maybe the week before payday or the, couple, the weekend before payday. We really wanted to go out. And Lee went and took his, <laughs> he had, what did you have, like £30 left your name or something like that. And then you, you'd, you'd put like £10 of it on the bets. Right, and then you're like, I'll go out with a twenty or something like that, and he didn't win anything on the ten pound on the old roulette machine. And then I just saw him look at me with this sheepish little expression <laughs> and just slowly feed his remaining twenty pound in. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. Oh my god, it was so funny. Oh, didn't win anything, obviously. And I remember you going home that day very annoyed with yourself. If I remember rightly, I think you paid for the night out. Yeah, likely. Tactics, tactical geniusly. Exactly. Free bet, essentially. So, one thing I did do, very quickly. Very quickly, because the producer's looking at his uh, stopwatch. He's back. You said you'd give me a minute leeway. Not in the outro, not in the intro. All right, well, I'll, I'll, save, <laughs> I'll save it. In fact, I will save it. I'll save it for later on. We're going to start, though, with uh, Pep Guardiola. Because uh, Man City this season have suffered more defeats. More defeats than Arsenal. Saying something, right? Because Arsenal famously have had a bad season exactly and uh yeah there's been no criticism of pep no no criticism whatsoever and i i went through their squad uh, yesterday and it's a little bit i'm not really very excited by it do you know what i mean aging isn't it it's a little bit age uh, aging you've got de bruyne who is obviously you know the best player in the league i mean i'm sure you guys will start banging on about prince pooley soon enough now that he's taken up hazard's mantle. he's coming mate he's coming fuck that fernandez is better than him mate don't give me that um that's all right um in what universe sorry <laughs> you've got you've got de bruyne um who's that the star player bernardo silva has had a quiet season i would suggest yeah, he has had a quiet season um, yeah david his Silver's- highlight was uh, not applauding liverpool at the guard of honor Right. That was basically his, his season highlight. Or his tweet. Or his oh, tweet. Where, his highlight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got Aguero, who's big injury. Uh, he's also getting on in the years a little bit. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has not proven himself to really be too good, if we're honest with you. Mares has had a good season. Gundogan's been okay, I guess. But as I've said on this pod many times, I'm never truly convinced by him. Zinchenko, no thanks, mate. Uh, I've never rated that guy. And Mendy, for all of his athleticism since the lockdown or the restart, I ain't convinced Terrible. by Mendy either. Um, Man, that, in, that injury depresses me so much. so man. good a couple of years ago. And but, yeah, that injury crippled big time. Now you've seen Edison um, make another mistake. I, I saw a highlight reel of all of his mistakes today um, that he's made since he's been at City. And yeah, he's, he's obviously great. He played that incredible ball that you talked about, Lee. Um, he did the other day, yeah. But... You know, playing that way, he's always going to have a mistake in him. John Stones, dodgy as company. He went a while ago. Otamendi, Colonel Divin. You know, uh, there's a lot there which needs to be improved, in my opinion. Rodri isn't a patch on Fernandinho. Fernandinho is not at the player he used to be. What, what, what do you think? 
Well, they sold their second best player this week as well. Now, who have we go? The, the Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah, the future Ballon d'Or winner, that is Leroy, Leroy Sane, mate. He's, he's increased his chances now. You know, you have to win European trophies I to, heard, to stand I heard a that chance. on when you play Football Manager. You know on Football Manager you can set nicknames to players. I heard that you, whenever your first time you play it, every time you play it, you go every in time and change, change Sane's nickname to, you know, inverted commas, you know, the future Ballon d'Or winner, Sane. Just, <laughs> no, just, just, so just Mr. Ballon d'Or. Just Mr. Ballon d'Or. Okay, okay. <laughs> If he ever wins that, by the way, we're fucked. I think it, with, with Sonny, it's going to be interesting, <laughs> yeah. though, to see how he does. Because he's coming I, back from I, this I'm injury. I'm really interested. Yeah, it's a big injury to come back from, but um, obviously with modern medicine and everything, it's no longer the kind of career-altering injury. Uh, I think someone like Alan Shearer obviously lost about three yards of pace back in the late 90s with it. So, and let's but be that's clear as well, he has recu- recuperated under the guise of Guardiola. With his doctors. With his doctors as well. So, yeah. mm. If anything, he'll be coming back better, stronger. <laughs> drip doctor. <laughs> yeah, the drip doctor. But it's, it is an interesting one because like, City and Pep, they're getting no scrutiny from the media about how far off they are. So what? Are they? they're, they're 23 points behind Liverpool. 23 points. It's a long way. Because everyone's loving Liverpool, that's why. They are busy loving Too Liverpool. Too busy. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question, Lee? You know, we've talked about this a few times on the pod in the past. I certainly have mentioned it a bunch. I mentioned it, I think, maybe last week and the other weeks when you weren't here. Is it because no one really gives a flying fuck about Manchester City? Yeah, you do like to uh, harp on about that. Um, I don't know if that's... I mean, I don't. You, you... They could win everything from now on. It yeah. wouldn't bother me at all. It's kind of the same position I'm in. I, I just don't care. Like if they, it's when they, they, don't when they won the league last year, we were celebrating it because yeah. it's, they stopped Liverpool. It's yeah. because they don't have that historical historical rival really with anyone. You know, Man United has never been big enough because you know, as I said, historically they've always been way below Man United. Um, I think that you guys touched upon it in the last week's pod in in regards to the. I don't know if it answers the uh, question directly, but in regards to Man City, the demise I think is is a two ends of the pitch. I think is up front. Once you take Aguero out of that side because he's injured at the moment, they're lacking goals. Um, or they're lacking sort of that cutting edge up up top, and then in the back they've uh, obviously with company never being replaced, uh, Laporte being injured. I think that's the reason um, why they've why they've struggled. Uh, I saw that on, on his record, he's this is actually like the most games he's ever lost, like over a cumulative like I think like three or four years. I think in like a lot of the early seasons he's losing like two or three games tops, and I think current yeah. seasons once. Well, I have, two, I have two questions, and I have two questions to highlight. Okay, this is the this he will have spent longer at Man City than he ever spent at Barcelona at this point, right? Correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Right. So we're in uncharted territory a little bit for Pep here, right? Because he's going to have to try and rebuild a team. How many teams has he rebuilt before? Well, this is what we always say about him. He's a three-year man, isn't so he? Exactly. He sort of built the Barca team, but I mean, he got spotted Messi. Yeah, <laughs> that does that and Shavi and Puyo and like you know you do happen to have an Iniesta you know there's a pretty good team there already there's a good nucleus that was put in place then I guess from where he was coming from at Barcelona he, he was very accustomed to those players coming through and progressing but ultimately you're right he he did still do what it took to uh, change it from Rijkaard's team into Pep's team and then still the greatest club team in, in European football history well, my, my, uh, my, like, my, my second point is this, right? So let's say Pep Guardiola leaves, mm. right? Because obviously we're thinking, let's say they get the ban and he's like, nah, bruv, I fancy a crack in Italian football or what, what have you. Um, Phil Foden has been very patient for quite some time now at Manchester City. 
it would be quite harsh for that kid if he finally gets the chance to be kind of like the starting number 10 or you know in that first in that first team and there's no Guardiola it'll be <laughs> and, fine because Pochettino will come in it's true and then he'll turn him into Deli Alley. <laughs> 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 no it's an interesting point um, I mean Pep's going nowhere I don't think I think the ban I think it probably gets reduced to a year uh, we'll find out next Monday um but it is a tricky little position for them at the moment. It is un- uncharted territories for, for Guardiola. He has got to to change the team. He's got, a, and you've, you've pointed out, like multiple positions that he's going to have to address. He's got the headache that Liverpool seem to be kind of in the middle of this run right now. Um, a lot of their players, their big players, are still kind of at their peak. They don't seem to be on the decline. And then you've got Manchester United and Chelsea who look like they're coming up quickly behind them. It's, it's going to be really interesting kind of where they're going to fit into this next year. Now, the one thing I will say is that they've scored so many more goals really than anyone else. Um, their expected goals this season was 85 and in second place is Liverpool with 66. So the, the, the creating plenty of chances, it just seems that they're just not really being as clinical. So they need to go out and address that. To be fair, even in the recent game against Southampton, they had shitloads of chances. Absolutely, but that's been their season, right? They create shitload of chances, and then they concede a shit goal, mm. and then and then they just lose the game because they end up having to press further up, and they give up more opportunities. And I think, Mike, you you pointed it out last week, really, that Edison, although an incredible pass of the ball, is a complete fucking liability for them. Yeah, I, I don't. I. I, I... <laughs> there's something about that smiley face tattooed underneath his ear which just sends, gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> I sit there and I think this guy is uh, you know but they'll have to outscore teams and you, so you talked about their XG have you seen what the XG looks like um, since the restart for all the teams I have I did look at it earlier so Man City um, are number one their they're expected or their expected points is what it is called what it is they were yeah. expected to get 11.16 based on the stats of you know shots and all that shit going in and they've actually got nine so they're pretty much almost on it essentially they're performing basically the best in the league right now uh, Man United are in second again they're expected to get 9.66 points they've got 10 points Arsenal are third they're in terms a, of expected yeah okay. well, they're expected to get yeah, 8.15 really and they got nine. Um, Villa are fourth because they got seven. They're expected seven point six two, but actually got two. <laughs> yeah, they've um, they were unlucky against Sheffield United in a way. I know Sheffield United had a, a legit goal scratched off, but they were much better than Sheffield United that day. And their second game, obviously, they took the lead against Chelsea. Um, Liverpool down in ninth. They're, they're, yeah. they're expected. Their expected points is six point two seven based on what they've done, and they've actually. Got I seven. think it's an understanding understandable drop-off on their part um I think there's going to be an understandable drop-off with Man City to an extent although they've got to be careful because Chelsea and United and Leicester aren't a million miles behind them it would take a like an exceptional drop-off in form for them to be in any sort of issue for top four but certainly kind of maintaining their second place in the league the weird thing is is in terms of their transfers they are somewhat handicapped by that ban uh, now they've been heavily linked with Koulibaly which would be an exceptional partner for, for Laporte um, a player that would be an adequate replacement for company we'll see obviously we, we've mentioned um, Koulibaly plenty of times on the pod where do we really know how good he actually is with him obviously spending his career in 
in Italy, but that whole deal surely gets scuppered if the transfer ban's there, right? Well, I'm going to give you all a quick question. Not the transfer ban, sorry, the European ban. I'm going to give you one question, and then we'll go on to the next segment of the show. Do you think, under their current trajectory, let's say the ban is upheld and they are missing Europe next season, they do a typical Man City summer, be that what it is in your own brains, Guardiola stays, do you think they can win the league next year? I do. With no signings? Well, with... Like what they would typically do as a, uh, you know, it just the hypothetically, you know, they'd be favourites, right? If they spent two hundred million this summer, without the distractions of European football, they'd be comfortable favourites. So then maybe all is not lost for Guardiola, and the fact well, of the matter when, is, is that people are looking at the bigger picture. Hence, why they're not criticising them. They, they, they did, they did just beat Liverpool five 0 wasn't it? It was four, but yeah, four. no, this is this is fair. They did take Liverpool to pieces, but again, I think Liverpool have been on a bender for a week and they missed some opportunities early, Liverpool did. But while you've got Pep Guardiola in charge and a blank checkbook, you've still got an opportunity to, to catch up quickly. And just very quickly for me, I, I'd say that I think it's going to be interesting with Phil Foden next year because he's going to be utilised a lot more and he's going to be kind of putting a lot more... I don't know, not pressure, but, you know, expectation on him to produce the goods because David Silva's going. So I think that would be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, Phil... They need to, um, they need to spend on that defence and Pep can't spend on defences. <laughs> I mean, he's probably spent majority of his money on his defence and he's probably got one decent player in there at the moment, Walker, and the other one's injured. So, But this is what we talked about last week. There's a lot of teams in Europe that need to spend on their defence. Yeah. There's only so it's many... An interesting one. Because he was at Barcelona when they signed that random guy from Shakhtar, was it, for like a whole load of money, the defender? I, I can't think what his name is. And he did, he did nothing. He was dreadful. I like that you gave me the signal, right, in the most inconspicuous way possible, like it was a crime. Do that. To let everyone know. But that I, I, I'm scared because if I do it to Woods when he's talking, he'll be like, ah, oh, he's having a go. I, I, he looked like he, he gave you a little tickle, he mate. He looked he went, like kind of... He went, like that. So, <laughs> I'm not even talking, bruv. Yeah, but it's just to let you know when he's I can finished, see the time, mate. Okay, okay. Well, we talked about Phil Foden. Um, You know, one of the things that is exciting about Phil Foden, not just from obviously a Man City perspective, because none of us are Man City fans, and in fact, I think there are only about nine Man City fans in England, um, is that he's English. He's young and English. And when you look at that, you know, the potential England team, I, I love going back and seeing, like, you know, from the papers in 2004 what their England team is going to be like in 10 years and stuff. And I'd be fascinated if people did a prediction of what it would look like in, you know, four or five years' time because we've got some exceptional talent coming through. Obviously, Foden, you've got, what, hudson Adoy? No, not him. That's not what I'm talking about at all. That's not what I'm talking about. Who's that guy? He doesn't get to play or do anything good. Um, I know, but you've got, you've got some good players coming up. One of them is Mason Greenwood. Yeah, the boy's a bit special. You must have been very happy. Yes. <laughs> Second best young Mason in the country. <laughs> hey, Mason Mount has been exceptional since the restart. Like, genuinely exceptional. But, you know, that's, that's sidetracking. Is that in the, the game we just is. watched as well? Crystal Palace? He was good for the first half. I think he's run out of legs. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by his performance. You've watched him for basically one game since the end, and you're <laughs> judging him completely on that. <laughs> Now, he has looked tidy, I, I would suggest, but I, I would suggest that whilst he may have looked good, Mason Greenwood has been uh, an outrageous-looking oh, no, player. Yes. I mean, yeah. he's been 
you know, he's been a good player to have all season. Obviously, we sold Lukaku and didn't sign a replacement. And Solskjaer said he'd be getting the minutes. Um, I didn't expect him to be quite this good. Uh, the two finishes at the weekend were absolutely fucking outrageous. Um, the clean strike, the, the, the technique, um, he gets called uh, comparisons to Robin Van Persie a lot. Obviously, as we, as you all know, I love Robin Van Persie. Whether the, when we when we plucked him away from Arsenal and then proceeded to win the league with him, just to mug Arsenal off, in, uh, it was it was joy. I wish we was doing a podcast at that point in my <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> the comparisons between the two are there. It's evident the technique. You, you can see something about him which is very classy. Now, as a Man United fan, I could talk until the cows came home about how excited I am about the boy. You know, we talked last week about do we even need Sancho? Uh, Two Chelsea fans, an Everton fan, give me your opinion. Because is he, is he what he's cracked up to be? Is he another Yanazai or is he something a bit more special? It's always very difficult when basing it on uh, a short amount of information. And, and, and this is the key words. We are pundits who have to put our necks on the line. Okay? I'll put my neck on the line. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think this player is exceptional. I think he might be the best of the bunch. That's how good I think he is because... The, th- the key thing about it is, well, because he's a goal scorer as well, it will always highlight just how good he is. And it looks like it just comes easy to him. Um, it's evident in his natural. technique, isn't it? You can see yeah. it. His technique is beautiful. Like, as, as what you do with uh, Robin Van Persie, when you see like him strike a ball, he's got that, he's got that in his locker. He's very much, I can very much see why there's, they're compared. The, um, the thing for me, I mean, we've all, uh, we've all watched young players come into our respective teams and even if you even if you play football with someone in you know the fucking park, as soon as they touch the ball, you can always tell if they've got something about them. You know what I mean? You can tell by their touch, how they move, their gait, their their poise. And he's just got is the poise of the guy. Like you can just see straight away, in my opinion, that he looks. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's very very talented. No, absolutely. Um, and it does give an interesting headache and situation next year when Manchester United do sign Jaden Sancho as to who's going to be the odd one out because, you know, Marshall Rashford is, and I was going to get there, Marshall's obviously doing his part now in the nine, uh, which is he'll just put the chances away when they're given to him. And in a team that's got uh, exceptionally creative players behind him, he's going to get plenty of chances. Um, you're not taking Greenwood out of the team because he offers so much coming in from that uh, right-hand side, um, which leaves you with, Marcus Rashford, who has been a really important player for United this season and is ultimately being probably your best player when taking the whole season into account. But he's looking like the odd one out right now um, with a front three if Jaden Sancho ju- does join. And there's no harm, obviously. The, the season's so long now. You're looking 60-plus games for top, top-level top footballers. They're not going to be able to play all those games and having the opportunity to rotate through those three players who do carry... Um, similarities in what they're able to do and flexibility and versatility it's not a bad situation but certainly Manchester United's strongest 11 wouldn't include Marcus Rashford next season which thinking back only just a couple of months seems almost unthinkable back then that that would be the case right I will I will remind all of you right that he was routinely a man I scolded heavily for his terrible performances up until December yeah, I mean, he was three three weeks in a row. Your your winner of the week in December. In, de- in December, he dips in and out of form too much, and his bad form is really bad. And this is the thing, you know. I think we talked about it the other week, Woods, about um, you know Marcus Rashford having the tools to maybe you know because of his attitude and his work rate and his determination and stuff like that. Um, 
if he's going some players are streaky and if he they remains are, yeah. a streaky player then you can't rely on him as, as to, to be first choice all throughout the season so having competition it is good what are your thoughts Mr Collard on Greenwood uh, yeah I think he's I think he is exceptional I think he's very very good um, very promising um, as kind of just touched upon what Woods was kind of saying is the when you take into consideration he is only 18 you can't expect him to play that many games especially like you know 60 odd games it's not going to happen so it'd be a nice dilemma for Oli to see who he's going to play and you know if it's Green uh, Green Rashford or Greenwood then he it's, it's good Greenford choice. Greenwood. Rashwood. <laughs> That's how he's going to do it. He's just going to basically tape them together and let them run up and down the right wing. Well, other, so um, other than Greenwood then, I mean, uh, um, there's obviously, he's not just the only one at this, at this point. I think we can all sit there and no. say there are a few players from all of three of our clubs who are looking, you know, who we, who we are excited about. Obviously, with Everton, with Everton, you've got, what's his name, McDougal? Who's that guy that's coming in? Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon. I don't know why yeah. I called him McDougal. Um <laughs> Uh, have you been impressed with him I, since the I, 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 Yeah, he's, he looked probably the brightest player on the pitch last night when he came on. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say that Everton have got a lot of players coming through that are going to be, take sort of the not the league by storm, but even to break into the eleven consistently. So um, I think that's more your boys. Or if you do, you're hoping they're better than a Tom Davies. Yes, definitely, yeah. Um, for, for what it's worth as well... Um, I was listening to uh, Arsenal TV uh, today yes, and uh, they had troops on there and he, he was bigging up Saka big time, okay? Better Shocked. than Mason Greenwood, he was saying. Not a chance. He was saying he's better than... I like Saka a lot. He's a good player, right? But then this yeah. is what he went on to say as well. He should be playing left-back for England at the Euro 21 next year. Left-back. Now, don't get me wrong. No. When he's been playing left back for Arsenal, oh, when he was playing left back for Arsenal, he was exceptional there. He's, which is, which is fine, but he's not playing there now, is he? That's the issue. No, that's the problem. The he's now playing further up the field. Yeah, you can't basically bring a player into the squad that's playing either in uh, the eight, the ten, or even left wing, and then go left back. Uh, it's just not going to work. Um, had Saka decided that he wanted to play left back for Arsenal, and Arteta have seen the same, then yeah, no doubt I, there was definitely a point. Had the Euros taken place this summer. Uh, the way that Saka had been playing without the pandemic, I think he would have gone as a left-back option. But because of the break and because Tierney's come back in and because the Euros are next summer, he'll be going as a left-winger instead. Now, Saka's, got, Saka's young enough that he's got time to find himself to, to what position fits him best. But he also needs to be careful that he doesn't become... Uh, a victim of his own uh, versatility. You see him players through through history, like the John O'Shea's and the Phil Neville's always come to mind where talented players, but because they fit into so many different positions, they often don't get the opportunity to evolve and, um, and make a position their own. Uh, and it can be to the detriment of the player overall. So he does need to find out where his best place is. But I mean, he's an incredible talent and Arsenal have done well to to sign him up for, I think it's four four years. And, you know, it's a good contract for Saka because at the age of 22, he can walk away and go to a proper football club. Is that then unfair what Arteta's doing then by playing him in multiple positions? Because he's literally played like left wing, centre mid, up front and left back. Or left wing, left wing back. I think, um, no, uh, nearly. Uh, I think... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, we should say we, we've got the Yeah, we should on say we have got the game one. We've got Chelsea United fans sitting, watching and hoping that Arsenal are going to win a football match. Um, it's a fair point because he's got to be careful as well, but maybe it's a case he is trying to find out where his 
best position is. Uh, also, I think that with so many games and I mean, Arsenal have had some injury issues um, since coming back as well. I think that using his versatility is kind of a blessing for, for Arteta. But I think over the summer, he's going to have to... Over the summer. I mean, I guess going into next season, whenever that may be, he needs to find his best position. It's 1-0. Yeah, yeah, we've got a goal. I think Saka's got the assist. So. <laughs> Saka to Aubameyang, is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, great for my fantasy football team. Excellent. <laughs> I, nearly took, no, he... I nearly took Aubameyang out as well. I'm glad, pleased I didn't know. I don't, but no, it's just I, so I like weird Saka to be kind of enjoying Arsenal equation, winning a game. Um, but yeah, Saka is part of that equation though, isn't he? He's, absolutely. I mean, that are being an England fan, when you think of what we had to go through from the end of 06, through 10, through 12, through 14, through 16, and then kind of like feeling like we're coming out of it through 2018, but still not quite. The, and then what we've got going into next summer and then ultimately the summer after. And then really you look at the, the, the two free tournaments after that. It's, it's so exciting. We've got so many exceptionally talented footballers coming through at the same time. And um, it does feel that maybe, we, although Gareth not being the most, uh, I'd say, tactically astute manager, he might be the right guy to be the father figure to just get them to go out there and perform and take that weight of expectation off their shoulders which has always been the Achilles heel of the national I think team. I think what helps as well is that they actually look comfortable on the ball which is something that every time you watch England over the years trying to watch them pass the ball around it's excruciating you know you, you just wait for that mistake whereas these players actually do look a bit more technically comfortable yeah passing I mean, they're all they're all very technically good it's just we've obviously got to hope that they can you know um sort of understand the tactics and in-game management to try and get through the tougher games in the tournaments against the better sides. Centre-back mm. and goalkeeper. Henderson, Continues mate. to be questionable, right? I think Maguire Henderson, looks... Henderson's pushing for that goalkeeper. You know what? 100%. I've completely forgotten about Henderson for a moment there and now you've reminded me I feel a lot more confident about our chances next summer. <laughs> it's my, coming my, on. My, my area of concern... got to go. My, my area of concern is centre midfield. So who would play in there? Who's been playing in there? Cause I guess Henderson's Henderson. been in there, hasn't he? With I guess Foden will probably have broken his way into but by next summer. Centre midfield. Milner. <laughs> I mean, All Arsenal fans now. will tell you Joe Willock needs to be playing centre midfield, right? <laughs> Joe Willock's a talented boy. Uh, he just needs a bit more game time. Um, he's another one that probably needs to find where his best position is. As does Maitland a lot of those. Are, There's a lot of players at Arsenal that we have no idea that where it, they play. No. No, I mean, this is it. Maitland-Niles seems to have accepted that right-back might be the only way that he's going to play elite-level football at Arsenal as opposed to centre midfield. Um, his problem, obviously, Maitland-Niles will never see the England shirts playing right-back because we've got three of them that play there already. Uh, but if I'm going to put you on the spot here, just quickly. Rank one, two, three England's most talented under-21 player. I know it's properly on the spot here, but I'm, I'm interested. Um... The top tier are Greenwood and Foden, but what order you have them in, I don't know. I mean, Foden is probably a more complete player now, so I'd probably say Foden is number one. Um, Greenwood, number two. Sancho's got to be in there, hasn't he? Yeah, surely. Oh, wait, Sancho, how... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget, he's uh, he's not like 23, is he? He's actually fucking young still. Oh, yeah, he's shit. 20, yeah. Okay, well, maybe in that case then... We've talked about Sancho being a world beater for a long time. So we have. Sancho, so, Sancho, Foden, Greenwood. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's hard to argue against. I think that I could easily be swayed on having Greenwood ahead of Foden, to be honest. 
just because uh, I think he's just going to score goals for fun as he goes for his career. Uh, but I think those those do feel like the three. I feel like Callum's lost his way a bit. Who? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he he needs to kind of rediscover himself. That's for sure. Um, a lot of off field stuff needs to be sorted. And I think Frank so what, clearly I, I, is unhappy. I, I think that Wood was looking at the football and didn't see your. <laughs> I've done I'm it twice now. It, mate. I've seen it. I've <laughs> seen it twice. <laughs> so I think this is why don't bother me because he just he just carries on talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, Sancho won. Well, we, we, Foden and Greenwoods. We, we talk about uh, same midfield. Obviously, there has uh, been a recent debate regarding um, the Liverpool manager adopting the Bayern Munich tactic of turning their right back, be it Philip Lahm or Joshua Kimmich, and turning them into a centre midfielder. Um, there's been talk that Alexander-Arnold should be doing the same. I did not see this. I did not see this debate that was had. Can you please explain, Woods, for everyone back home and myself in leagues? We have no idea what happened here. It's been a, a discussion that's been going on since he broke in, to be honest. So because Trent is such a good passer of the ball, I think even Lineker's been on this side as well, saying, oh, he's got the ability to kind of progress to play centre midfield eventually. Um and after the Villa game at the weekend, Sunez was banging on about the capabilities of him moving into that position. They always have this discussion and I, I just can't understand it because you effectively, I don't think it's ridiculous to say, but Trent Alexander-Arnold is the best right back in football based on current form. And he is such a weapon to any team that he lines up in that you completely nullify that by putting him into midfield and he becomes an average midfield player as opposed to a world-class fullback. I don't really understand it. And the Lahm argument, I think Lahm's legs had kind of gone. That's why Pep migrated him in there. Um, and also... So why is, why is pl- Kimmich there now? Then? I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I guess he's not as athletic in terms of getting up and down, in terms of raw pace. They, they like to have pacey fullbacks out there again it's the Bundesliga as well so it's a it's a trash league so anyone can play anywhere <laughs> wow <laughs> come I mean, on I stick, did you see the Lewandowski goal in the cup final this weekend no what a load of shit basically Neuer hoofs the ball long none of the defenders deal with the ball it just bounces to Lewandowski just levers it from about 25 yards out and it just goes through the goalkeeper just a like, like uh, Zaha's goal this evening then Oh yeah, I mean, we we've got a T Rex in goal. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, man! You were saying the other day how Philip Lahm he he played in centre midfield for Bayern, but then the World Cup came along for Germany and they tried him in midfield and they got smashed. So they had to put him back to right back. Yeah, I don't like against the, trend. the better opposition. I, I, I think if you grow up playing in a position, that's a position you know. And you should play there. Yeah. And also, in modern football, basically, fullback is pretty much the most important position on the pitch, isn't it? Well, look at Liverpool, right? I feel Liverpool are a perfect example. Their midfielders are who gives a crap? Hard like, working. Just, just they could put any man out there and just be and still win football matches. That's how it feels like when you watch them. I know other teams have different tactics. Like other teams do play through the midfield. Like for example, Manchester United have got exceptional midfield players and probably a little bit less coming from the fullback position in terms of um, offensive output. But I just can't really get my head around the idea of migrating a player who has such incredible uh, goal contribution statistics from right back 
into midfield just because he can pass the ball a bit. Do you not think, though, that if we're blessed in that department, this is looking at it from an England perspective, that if we've got so many right-backs coming through and if we haven't got that many centre midfielders coming through, then it does kind of work? Well, here's the thing about um, Trent as well. Trent, when he's playing defensive, is kind of a liability, Right, which is, what, which is why I meant, sorry, just interrupt. Which kind of made me question why you reckon he's the best right back in the world. Is it purely just on his like contributions? I just think and, purely on his output. Yeah, it's the modern yeah. fullback, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, who would you have ahead of him? But you still would like some element of defensiveness to your defender. I know what I mean. I, I know I, I, a modern sure. wing back is pretty much playing from the half wide line going forward, but you know, you still kind of want them to have that nous about him going backwards as well. I, I and I completely understand, and I don't think he's as bad as what some people would believe. I just don't think he's anywhere near as good going back to his all t- towards his own goal as he is going forward. Is he as bad as uh, Robertson has looked since restart? <laughs> I mean, Robert, Robertson, is, I would say he's on the beach, but he's from Scotland, so I don't know. He's, he's, he's probably... What do Scottish people do for holiday? Um, Highlands. Stab each gone down the lock. <laughs> gone, gone down the lock. <laughs> uh, so it's, it is kind of a case that I look at Trent and I'm like, Positionally, I think he'd be a liability in the midfield as well. Also, he's he's quite um, athletic build, but I also don't think he's the right kind of build for a centre midfielder. I think he'd be brushed a bit. He feels slight. Yes, I think it seems like a weird argument. Is questionable for for playing where he does now. It is. (laughs) I would always I would always say that if I if I was going up against uh, Liverpool, I would. I'd, my, the main tactic for me would just pin their fullbacks back. Make sure they're not going to go forward with any regularity and just watch them. You will get a chance in between the centre-halves and the fullback because their positioning isn't good enough. I mean, I'd be putting my left winger in the gap and just be hitting diagonals yeah, into that all day, spot. Yeah, all day long. All day long. What are your thoughts, it's- Mr Kieran? Well, I'm moving Trent to midfield. Nonsense. I don't see... <laughs> <laughs> you got... You, you'd weaken the Liverpool side if you took him out of right back. So what? And the thing the is, as well, is... <laughs> other than you've got obviously um, what James Wambasaka and and Alexander Arnold and Walker, yeah, yeah. And then in world football, going else, going everywhere else, you've got um, what Quadrado? He still plays for like right back for Juventus. You've is got... he really? I'm pretty sure he still yeah, does. Wing back, yeah. Jesus well, um, Christ. Um, You've got Kimmich, but he's been playing fucking centre midfield. Who's the who's the Madrid right back these days? Still Carvajal? I think it is Carvajal because they moved on um, Hakimi, didn't they? Yeah, because um, got... Hakimi didn't want to play bit part to Carvajal. Yeah, uh, you've got Semedo, um, and then other than that, like I'm not sure how, how many right backs there are that are really good. Why would you purposely take who is considered the best right back? Certainly, and he's been proving it, you know, in terms of output, and play him somewhere else in a position where he's never played before, and then bring in another right back who's probably not going to be, or he isn't going to be as good. It's baffling, absolutely baffling. It's just a weird conversation that they keep having. Going back to Sunes quickly, obviously you saw, um, I did see him basically just slander Jack Grealish for the entirety of that broadcast. (laughs) Um, Weird. When he talked about, oh, because Jack Grealish obviously is the most fouled player in the league, right? And yes, he is. And you can and you can rightly look at that one of two ways, you know, either 
he's so skillful and he has the ball and the team's targeting him because he's the dangerous guy or he dwells on it too, too long and can't see a pass. And obviously Sunes has gone careening down that route. He is like, that's exactly my opinion. <laughs> I, he, he holds on to the ball too too much. He can't see the pass. He can't see the play. And the stats today, I don't have the stats Did, well, did you see that he acknowledged it? He did. Grealish he did acknowledged like, it in a tweet, didn't he? And he's like in the top three for like chances made. And yeah, passes and, and uh, yeah. Grealish obviously tweeted about it. And it's like... Can't please everyone. You can't please <laughs> But yeah, I think we can we can brush the uh, soonest talk as old man yells at fucking cloud. Um, doesn't really know what's going on. He's targeted Grealish because he's not Pogba. And he's got a fancy haircut. He, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it was just a haircut all this time. And the socks rolled down, right? That's the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Soon as probably looks at him and goes, if I was playing against I'd him, those it. shins, <laughs> them shins. <laughs> Glorious Soonis. Glorious Soonis. Yeah, I, I asked my dad, I said, how was, was Soonis actually a good player? He says that he was, but I haven't found any decent clips of Soonis yet. Oh no, you can, find, you can find decent clips round. of Soonis. It's the shin rakers that you need to watch for. It's, uh, there's, there's the tackle that he does where he basically lunges at the guy and then points to his calf. And <laughs> he goes, the man hit, hit, he kicked me first. Yeah. <laughs> the other guy's basically missing a leg. <laughs> there's that one, and then there's the flag planting. That's the, they're the things I remember. Those are the I two, yeah. Serious. I don't you know if it's the same tackle, but the one with the gash. Where there's just, he leaves like an absolute horrible gash <laughs> on someone. Uh, when men were men, eh? When, when yeah. men were men. Um, so obviously we've got the football on in the background. We've got ourselves the uh, Liverpool Leicester City game. Liverpool Arsenal Leicester City game. Arsenal currently winning one 0 thanks to an Aubameyang goal following a Saka assist. Good for Leeds football team, fantasy football team. Um, and so let's talk about Arsenal. Right? I have had quite a lot of fun uh, since the restart happened, laughing at Arsenal, uh, especially after the Brighton game. Um, with uh, Arsenal Fan TV with their live streams of them watching the fucking games which is just absolutely fucking golden um, everyone that I'm doing the podcast with has just turned to look at the TV so I'm just seeing here on my own yeah, I just think it's disallowed talking to nobody hello everyone been, are we all back been again? disallowed it's alright we're back in the room this no is... keep, keep going you're doing an excellent job yeah, great cheers um <laughs> So I've laughed at Arsenal a fair bit, obviously after the restart with the uh, you know Arsenal fan TV, etc., etc., etc. Arteta, or did, you chose this one, Wood. It just says I did. Arteta dot 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 magical. Can you take Arsenal back to the top? I'm going to give you the 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 very short answer to this one. That answer is no. Tommy's a big fan. <laughs> He's a big fan. I don't know why he's a big fan. <laughs> it's his hair that hasn't changed in 20 years. I just find it just... He is definitely magical, mate. That hairline. You have previously gone quite hard on him, though, haven't you? Especially when I, I have stuck up for him and said, and you've been like, oh, no, the record shit still. He's joking. He's joking. For fuck's sake. Like, I, I, I wanted to go look at the numbers because um, I, I follow Arsenal fans on Twitter because I like to get a, an overall feeling from fan bases as to where they feel their team is. And, um, oh, okay. I've oh, that's, good. That's, that's good. How are, um, what are, St- are Stoke fans talking about at the moment? Do you follow any Stoke fans? St- Stoke, Stoke fans kind of uh, longing for the Pulis <laughs> days, actually. Um, you know all his energy goes into just Arsenal. I know it does. I know all it does. All of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe Tottenham a little bit well, Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham, there's, a, there's Tottenham. a great tweet uh, doing the rounds. There's oh, a great the, tweet doing the rounds. Oh, well, <laughs> there's a great tweet doing the rounds from earlier this season from Tottenham fans, like uh, before last summer when we got the transfer ban and Eden left, and they were like, "Oh, Chelsea, they go, I can't, I'm going to love the, this slow demise that they're going to go through this season." And it's just beautiful because he gets brought up constantly, as you can imagine, by Chelsea Twitter because it's the complete opposite. And every time Tom, they won last night, they should be feeling happy, but that was turgid, as you said. They, they, they are finished, finished. I want to suggest, like, in during the summer or whenever this All or Nothing documentary comes out, you do an extra pod while that's on and review every episode. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, I think it should be done. It's going to be so good, mate. I can't wait. I cannot wait for this to happen. Um, so... With Arteta, look, getting away, Arsenal fans have hyped this guy big time. They're like, we think we're going to win a league in maybe two or three years with this guy because he's changed what? everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this I'm not genuine? Kidding. Like, is this on Twitter? No, it's, it's, it's no, sincere. They, love him. they, they love genuinely him. believe he is that good a manager that he can win them the league in be it two or three years. I'm, Just give him the chance. Give him the chance. Are they not the most so, deluded fans then in the Premier League, surely? I think we've known this for a while. Um, I mean I've I've enjoyed their transfer budgeting this summer that they're basically signing uh, Upamancano Partey they've added uh, the French kid from Lyon Hassam Oar thank you Partey has been strongly linked though FM legend FM legend exactly (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's a couple other players that have been thrown into boot on that Um, it is enjoyable because they've balanced that off by selling Ozil I'm like, who the fuck are you selling Ozil to for fuck's sake? And this is oh, like pre- a football manager where you free up wages and then can press the slider to put it into transfer funds, right? <laughs> Any wage budget that gets saved gets spent on fucking in America. Well, it, it, it doesn't because it goes from Ozil and it goes into Aubameyang's back well, pocket. Just, just take it into there. Because um, that's another uh, you know, question that they have to answer. They've obviously re-upped Saka. Big deal. They had to get that done, no doubt, because obviously him walking would have been an absolute disaster. But uh, Bamiang's next. Away from that, I wanted to look at Emery versus Arteta. Have they genuinely improved since the disaster that Unai Emery was now, uh, I'm moving g- into? I'm going I'm 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 to take a guess here, Lee. Because Woods wouldn't be looking this smug and this... And he this... wouldn't put dot, 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 question mark. Is he magical in the... In the WhatsApp well, group, would he? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, ultimately, we'll the, the, the numbers are interesting because Emery had 17 Premier League games, Arteta's had 16. So it's pretty fair to look at this. And I have also then equated it out in a per-game basis. But um, 24 goals for Emery, 25 for Arteta. So Arteta in less games is one goal more. That works out 1.4 for Emery, 1.6. So they're scoring more goals. Okay, exciting football. Uh, the expected goals um, is basically the same. It's 1.4, 1.4. So they're scoring kind of more goals than they should be is effectively what's happening under Arteta. So uh, magical, lucky. Hmm. Um, goals against, Emery 27, Arteta 14. Holy shit. He is literally twice as good defensively as Uno Emery. Um However, when you look at the expected goals against, um, that shoots up to 22, which goes from 0.9 a game to 1.3 a game. Um, They have basically, under Arteta, been the luckiest team in the league. 
Like these are like the numbers that Leicester had earlier this season. And you know what we said about Leicester, because I said about Leicester that those numbers aren't going to continue. It's impossible. And look at Leicester now. They're going to fall out of the European places. At the moment, Ars- Arsenal are basically under Arteta, the luckiest team in the league. Um, and kind of going through it all, in terms of expected points, it's 21, well, it's actually 22 versus 23 points. Right. So Arteta is actually better than Emery. They have improved. Um, but then I thought, going to go a bit further, where does that fit into the rest of the league? Bearing in mind, they're anointed champions for in two or three years' time. Where, do they, you know, where does Arteta's numbers uh, extrapolate out to? So in terms of um, in terms of goals, uh, it extrapolates for thirty three games. This is so all the top teams. I've, I've got Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Chelsea, Manchester United on here. Okay, so I've got all their goals, their expected goals, goals against, um, and, and their expected points as well. Uh, so in terms of um, goals scored, they'd be on fifty one point five. So we'll give it fifty two. That puts them last out of all of those teams. Okay, last in terms of goals. Um, the expected goals is actually forty seven point three. Which which is last and by 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 a distance. <laughs> Their goals against though, this is where it works out well. As we've already said, uh, twenty nine goals against. That's actually second. So in terms of goals against, it's second um, versus Liverpool, who have got the best goals against. I mean, it's ridiculous that, that they've only conceded twenty five this season. They should have conceded thirty three. That's that's kind of Liverpool situation. It says a lot about Alisson when he's been in goal. Um, their expected goals against those is forty five. That's the worst out of everyone, um, and they would have fifty six points again if you extrapolated it out, which would have put them. I think actually in that ballpark with Manchester United, Chelsea and Leicester, but their expected points would be 48, which is miles away. Um, in, in terms of expected points, and this is kind of going back to the pep chat, but Man City will be top with 74, eight points clear of Liverpool on 66 based on expected points. As such that their performance in front of goal, so like they've scored 72, they should have only scored 66. They've conceded 25, they should have conceded 33. It tells you that they've basically had games where they have exceeded their expectation in terms of the results they've got. Um, Then comes Chelsea on 63, so we're only three points behind Liverpool. Then Manchester United on 62, which tells you a lot. United and Chelsea are incredibly close on all these numbers. Um, And then Leicester on 54, and then Arsenal on 48. So based on all of these numbers and everything kind of coming out, um, I don't think they're competing for the title next year. (laughs) <laughs> but that's just the numbers right and I think the thing is with football the numbers can kind of lead you one way or another I, I, what I will say this team looks a heck of a lot better than they did under Emery uh, the, the eye test would tell you alone that this team actually looks like a football team as opposed to what Emery's Arsenal looked like um, I think that's more Emery was shit rather than it, it could be that it could be that pep number two it, I mean yeah I mean ultimately <laughs> Arsenal fans will tell you that um They probably could bring the numbers out because City's season has been a minor disaster, really, when you look at it. Um, And Arteta's obviously not there to kind of be the crutch for for Pep. Um, And maybe maybe Pep was just the face of everything and Arteta was running the show after all. I don't think that's the case. Um, But it's interesting because obviously all you hear from, from Arteta when you hear the stories is he's all about culture, culture, culture. Um, and I think it is a really important thing. Arsenal have been a fucking banter club 
and that means the players the fans will always embarrass themselves right because you know they're going to be themselves but it's the playing staff themselves have embarrassed themselves a lot there, and I guess there's it's the an example right? as well let's say Guendouzi it's Guendouzi and Guendouzi is a perfect example of, 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 of basically a player who's humiliated himself uh, by banging on about how much more money he earns than Mopay despite earning less money than the Mopay but that's that's irrelevant comes off and has that situation where he decides to throttle Mopay and then kind of runs away from a fight and probably think, feeling like he's the big man because he likes to run around being the big man, doesn't he? Giving all the signs to the fans and kind of being the big man that he is, right? It turns out Mikel Arteta has zero time for that bullshit because it is bullshit. Arsenal fans will tell you that's elite, elite mentality. I will tell you that it's anything but elite mentality to be such a petulant child. And it sounds like he hasn't got the hunger to basically improve himself or change. So Arteta's like, see you later. He's gone. Like good. he's and that's good. Been and that's something that Emery would absolutely. have done. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Emre would have basically completely folded because of this. Uh, whereas Arteta sent him away to train with the children for two weeks. He's told him he's on his way. His agent's working on a deal. Um, now, they're probably going to go and buy uh, Thomas Partey. Now, Arsenal fans will tell you that Thomas Partey is like the second coming of Michael Essien. Every time I've seen him, I can't think he's anything more than just a bang average player that doesn't look like they know what he's doing. Wow, it's quite, quite the review. I, 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 I can't say that I've, I've watched Atleti a lot, but when I have seen him in Europe, I'm like, this guy comes on like he's a victory cigar. <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with Partey is, is, bruv, why are you moving to Arsenal for? They ain't in no Champions League. The only reason he's moving, oh, genuinely, the, yeah. the only reason he'd move from, from Atleti to Arsenal is for the money. And to be away from Simeone. Yeah, um... I don't what, live in London, etc. That's fine. You already live in Madrid. <laughs> um, and I need to big that city up quite a lot these days, you know. Um, <laughs> but the, um, well, you're moving from London to Madrid, right? Exactly. Um, but why are you moving to Arsenal? I, I, I don't know. But you got, I, we, we, we bought Di Maria and the reason he came was for, to us was for money. Um, I can tell you from first-hand experience, if you're buying players because you, you can make their bank balance bigger, it ain't going to work out well. Doesn't have as well if their first motivation well. is yeah. If their first motivation is how much money they can earn, it's always a risk. Um, look, don't get me wrong. Their midfield lacks a player of his his ilk, and like with Gendouzi, Arsenal fans have banged on about how talented. I, I haven't seen it. I have not seen. What did you call it? him? A dog you, like, chasing a car, right? It's exactly the word described. Because he, he is. I, I watch him, and he just seems to be just dashing around. Without any much thought. Um, that's what the Arsenal fans warmed to when he first came in, but then that's re- I think they've slowly realised that's all he does. Literally yeah. offers nothing else. I'm going to give one be- stat. Sorry, Woods. Oh, so this will be good, yeah. Oh, no? I, I, no, no, go for I it. Give yeah, a stat. The stat. That was, uh, Gary Neville was embroiled on a bit of a Twitter um, <laughs> kind of argument. This. You, you saw this, right? I saw some of this, yeah. yeah so um, basically this guy called AFCSXMUL. So basically AFC Samuel kind of, with an X instead of an A. I'm calling him out on the show. That's right. If he wants to come on the show, he can to defend his point. Anyway, um, he's got a little uh, a little graphic which says, uh, it's got a Gary Neville quote which says, let's be clear about this. These defenders like Mustafi, Socrates and Louise are uncoachable. Yeah? Gary Neville said that about Arsenal's defence. And he then tweeted saying, uh, Premier League clean sheets this season, Liverpool in first with 15, Man City 13, Arsenal 10, United 10, Chelsea 7, Spurs 6, and then, you know, uncoachable in, uh, in air quotations. Yeah? Thinking, much like you, Woods, 
or much like you know the Arsenal fans on Twitter, that everything is rosy. You know, even the play, even our shit players are have all improved and they're all incredible. Yeah? Gary Neville has taken it upon himself to to to, uh, to to reply to this tweet, which I always enjoy when someone he's bitten essentially, but he's bitten well, he's bitten hard, and he says, "Are you bragging? You've conceded eight more goals than Sheffield United, five more than Wolves, and ten more than Leicester, who you played tonight. City, Liverpool, United, and Palace also have better defensive records. Tony Adams will be proud of you." <laughs> um, <laughs> The, that for me encapsulated everything that's wrong about fucking Twitter in general. It's just that it's snapshots. I, I watched a really good video today. Um, there's, a, there's a YouTube account. And I encourage you all to, to, to go and follow it. It's called TIFO. Um, I think that's... Oh. I, I watch a lot of TIFO, mate. Exactly. Um, they do these really good kind of hand, like hand-drawn um, animations stuff, and stuff man. like that. And one of the yeah. videos I watched today was um, basically 10, 10 stats that, fo- that football pundits get wrong like and it's all and there's all these different stats which basically people interpret incorrectly all of the time and i swear if you applied that ruling to pretty much 80 90 percent of twitter there would be no opinions left there'd be 10 percent of opinions left that would be actually half decent the rest of it is just fucking guff and i do feel that i look at arsenal fans on twitter whenever i actually log in with the pod of two hours twitter account and i have a scroll i'm just sitting there going ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much it Kieran what are your it's thoughts on Arsenal Arsenal as a club or Arsenal as fans both well, their fans are absolute wet wipes um, <laughs> they were spoiled in the in the early Wenger years and then they still feel entitled to be in that position but um, as a club they are in ruins they're, they're, this culture that they have is just a loser mentality um, you know, you saw that against Brighton. They just capitulate whenever something goes against them. They've got no bottle. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. Very well summed up there, I would suggest. Um, it is weird, though, because I, I don't know if you, you, do you're old enough to remember, but that, two minutes ago, but, you know. but that team that Wenger assembled uh, in the early, or the late 90s, early 2000s was exceptional. And it was just built on mentality. I mean, they used to smash us all the they time. Did all the time. And They'd then be- Wayne Bridge just finished them. Ended them as a football club, Wayne Bridge did. They have not recovered. Wayne Bridge won at life because he married Frankie from fucking the Saturdays. He's done well, hasn't he? Right. You know, he, he, yeah, he's, he's done all right. He now basically spends his time doing TikToks, dancing with her on TikTok. That's what he does now. There you go. It's fair Wayne Bridge. Um, next segment of the show. What is the next segment of the show? Are we, are we here for some predictions? predictions. Wowzers. Oh, got some oh, predictions shit. to do. And then we've got... Are you going to get involved, Kieran? Yes. He's going to have to get involved. Yes. Otherwise, he's just going to have to sit there quietly. <laughs> and that's no fun. Okay. I'm going, get, I'm going to get the fixtures up on the iPad. I've got them all here, man. I'll read them out. As you... I, I know you're going to read them out, but I like to have them in front of me to kind of at least put some thought in in, in advance so we don't have all that dead air like Lee. <laughs> 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 dead air what? five minutes of dead air and then dead air and is it draw away draw away who's home okay ready alright on um, I've just closed the window that's quite annoying so literally closed it fully so the game currently going on right now I assume there's no point trying to we do a prediction for this one because I mean I'm pretty sure we'd have taken Arsenal right well, you called it before didn't you before the pod yeah, in the mud mate in any nice event time. let's start with Wednesday alright 
Eight, uh, six o'clock kickoff. We've got Manchester City hosting Newcastle. I'm going to go for a Manchester City win. Yeah, City will win this. They're better at home than their away records being their problem, hasn't it? I didn't realise they'd lost three away games in a row. First time ever for Pep. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw. Lee? Newcastle have been uh, quite tasty actually since uh, coming back from since, lockdown. Since, since Bruce was basically <laughs> seeing all these Saudi flags flying around, and he's like, "Oh shit!" But no, I'm still tasty. Yes. I don't know, my, my, my favourite memory or my recent memory of uh, watching a Newcastle game was obviously the West Ham game, just for David Moyes' reactions. Obviously, they scored to go 2-1 up and he was giving it some fucking... He was very happy on that touchline. And then I think it was 57 seconds, 97 seconds later, uh, John Joe Shelby scored and, and he sat back down again. He was, he was fairly furious. <laughs> and it's just, you know, I gave David Moyes some props last week for, uh, you know, uh, do, doing us a solid... But I do enjoy watching him miserable. I never forgive that I, guy. I still stand by the what, what I said last week, which is I was more disappointed about the fact that in them beating us, it meant that they weren't getting relegated. Um, also, six o'clock, we've got Sheffield United and Wolves. I should actually probably give you guys the channel that they're all shown on because every game is on TV these days. Which is There's free kicking off at six. Bananas, yeah? Because there is some Amazon Prime ones going on here as well. So, uh, Man City Newcastle is on BT Sport. Sheffield United versus Wolves is on Sky Sports. Okay, six Sky o'clock. Sports. Who you got? Sheffield United. Ooh. I think draw. Um, I think Wolves. I think the wind's gone out of them a bit. They they were toothless, completely toothless against Arsenal. Uh, yeah, but one game doesn't define a season, though. No, no, and, then, and it won't because I still fancy them to win. the Europa League. <laughs> um, Kieran, who you got? Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, I think they'll bounce back. Um, okay, and then we have West Ham taking on Burnley and that is on BT Sport at the same time as the Man City Newcastle game is on um, I am going to go for a this is draw uh, yeah I really should be looking at that fence hmm I'm going to go with a draw you're right draw uh, Burnley for me West Ham have had their yearly turnout against Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <to be> shit <laughs> And then we've got the uh, quarter past eight game on Sky Sports. Brighton host Liverpool. I'm going to go for a Liverpool win because I don't think I've actually pulled for Brighton to win a make game all season long. I, I, I'm, I, we need to get these stats, these predictions because I reckon Brighton have got no points. Yeah, I'm like the anti Mark Lawrence. It's just that I just hate Brighton. <laughs> I think Liverpool. Uh, Brighton play nice football, which will probably play into Liverpool's hands a bit because they play dog shit football and they'll go and win the game. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, shout out to Trossard. Though. I do like, I do enjoy that man. <laughs> That's always, Tidy little footballer. Always bangs on about Trossard. <laughs> I love a little bit of Trossard. Um, we've got <laughs> Bournemouth Spurs on Thursday, the 9th of July. This is on Sky Sports at six o'clock. This is a massive game for Bournemouth because this is winnable because Spurs are shit. Spurs are absolute dog shit, by the way. Fuck. Like, like if, if Bournemouth are going to get themselves out of it, this is the game. I've heard Son and uh, Son and Lloris having a bar me at half time was a, was a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, I, the second I saw it, I knew Jose would love it because that, that team shows no passion. 
He called them out, didn't he? He's already was kind of questioning the players as to what what do they do they even want to be back playing. Um, I, I don't know what it was all about, I, but it, it got a little bit feisty between the two. Basically, um, Son didn't track his man. Lloris was pissed off of it. I mean, there's a point where you kind of go right. You definitely track your fucking man, Son. And not go over to try and get into a physical altercation with him. It was, it was right just before half time, though. So I think that's why yeah. he's. I do off think him. there was an element of Laurie sort of hold me back, boys, hold me back. I yeah, think there he was. He did definitely push someone into Son, and then be like, "That player's there, so now I can't get to him." Um, I'm going to. Then again, go... he might have been drunk and just might have walked into him. I think Spurs are going to scabby like a one 0 win. Bournemouth. Yeah, I'm going to take a Bournemouth. Wow. Yeah, Bournemouth, because it's very Spursy, isn't it? Wow, all gone, all gone Bournemouth there. Interesting. Um, then we've got our random Amazon Prime video game, the Everton Southampton. Oh, Everton have been stuck o'clock. on Prime. It says a lot about that club, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Buried onto Prime. I can't even argue, mate, after last night's performance. Mate, um, after the, since the fucking lockdown, mate, yeah, the restart, been you've been awful. Defensively. What, what was the result before lockdown? To be fair, I think hasn't Ancelotti got one of the best records in the league for like over since he's come thought, in? Yeah, he's done but, well. But the, the performances aren't there. It's just the results. Your, your playing staff is pretty turgid, it's, to be honest. It's awful. Guilty Sigerson, fuck off. Yeah. He is. Just, just, just a quick note. Rather, you know, the token Everton fan. <clears throat> Could you just please reel off a bunch of players that you don't want to see playing next season? Oh, Realistically? Or no, no. Def- it don't. You, the players that you don't want to be there. Okay, Awobi, Walcott, Sigerson, probably Moyes Keane. I really don't think he's going to cut it. Really don't see anything about him. Um, Tom Davies. Sidibe. We got rid of Schneiderlin, so that was a good thing. I would say Pickford, but then I don't know who to bring in. That's Pretty good. much the whole, the whole fucking team, well, mate. I'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> He's got little T-Rex fucking hands as yeah, well. Yeah, we replaced one T-Rex with another. But mm. just with a mouthier version. Excellent. Um, Everton, Southampton. Southampton played like they did against City the other day where they really got into him and we will be fucking... Uh, I'm going Southampton here. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm taking Everton. I think I'll Southampton have had their, their day out. <laughs> Southampton have been pretty... Pretty good. Southampton are a decent football team under Hasselhutl. Bearing in mind the, the the resources again that he's got at his disposal, he's just, he's certainly done a decent job, which is obviously why they've rewarded him with four year a four year contract. But Everton have a big window coming up. You know uh, they've got the opportunity of having a very rich owner in a market which is the buyer's market, and then finally an, a manager that probably has pull. Um, it's kind of just getting through these games at this point. Yeah, maybe, but it does worry me as well about the uh, the lack of window, or sorry, the lack of um, pre-season. It's going to be literally like three weeks, four weeks tops. Since you have to think they're going to introduce a winter break. They've got to work something out, haven't they? They, I, I, they can't just go. They've got to drop a trophy. Weeks. I think. I think it works if they just drop one of the trophies. To drop the league cup. Yeah, Pep will be fuming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that, um, so right, we've got quarter past eight. Of the same day, which was the Thursday, uh, Villa Man United on Sky Sports. Man United. Yeah. Man United. A clean sweep of the threes, eh? I long mm, for those for days. For what it's worth, just uh, going back to last week's pod, Villa, mate, they, they, they are definitely going down. <laughs> I mean, it's probably cemented by today by the fact that Watford have won. Their running is terrible. Yeah. Like, we, it's funny because we were talking about it. I kind of thought, oh, they might be able to get themselves. And then I looked at their running and it's, it's just... 
no. horrible. And the thing was, is that Watford had Norwich and they played Norwich today and they got the result against Norwich today, which was, is, that's basically saved them. Having Norwich to play. And it's a shame it's, as well because their last game of the season, Aston Villas, is against West Ham, I think. Probably get a win there. Or was it Bournemouth? Yeah, but no. It's anyway. a shame because I don't like Norwich. Um, I don't like Watford, sorry. Um, on the Saturday, we've got Norwich uh, taking on West Ham United. This is on so, BT Sport. So the manager's obviously given up. He's said as much, hasn't he? Uh, fuck, he's already said, yeah, no, it's done. However, I do feel that West Ham might play into Norwich, Norwich to pick up a, a kind of a farewell victory from the Premier League here. I can see Norwich winning this. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw myself. No, I'll take West Ham. I feel, I feel sorry for Norwich. They just really don't have the quality throughout the whole pitch. Yeah, I'm taking West Ham. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. Then uh, also at half past 12, this is on Prime Video, eh? We've got Watford Newcastle. Oh. oh. Draw. I'm going to go for a Newcastle win just because of Sant Maxima. I'll take a draw. Uh, Watford. Me? Watford. Well, they've got something to play for. Haven't they? they do have something yeah. to play for. Um, then we've got 3 o'clock BT Sports, Liverpool, Burnley. Could you see Burnley shithouse in this one? I'll take Liverpool. I don't. So yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool for me. Go on, he wants to. Fuck it would be. Fuck it would be on. funny if 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 their if their Anfield record goes to Burnley. Go on, do it. Do it. I'm going to take Burnley. Yes. 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 <laughs> and then half past five, Sheffield United at the Blades host Chelsea on Sky Sports. Chelsea. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, draw for me, son. Chelsea. You don't rate us at all, do you, Mikey? I've been listening to these pods, you know. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to these pods. It's a good job you're in it on the computer screen and not in the same room. Let me, Chelsea. You've got a point though, haven't you? The, the form's been patchy throughout the season, really. Bro, yeah, good, uh, bro, you could start. I mean, we're five points clear of Man United. So. This, this is the. No, we were um, third, don't we? So, I mean, this patchy, is the least worried patchy. about a Chelsea team I've ever been. Will you be more worried next well, year? This when... one or the one we're no, going no, into? No, no, truly, I won't because you don't have a defence. When you get a defence, if you buy some defenders and a goalkeeper that are half decent, then fine. But. The Man United have proven against the best teams in the league and even against fucking the likes of Juventus that we can sit back and catch teams on the break. And with your defence, we're catching you on the break every fucking time. So I ain't worried, bruv. Right? I ain't worried uh, at all. Our defence isn't going to be our defence next season. No, I don't see it. That's getting a makeover. <laughs> I think I think Kepa's done, mate, for what it's worth. I think Kepa's finished as, as our goalkeeper. Well, Kieran asked me the question. You know, I don't rate Chelsea. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't. I can't talk about what Chelsea might be. Yeah, I think Kai Havertz is going to play in goal next year. How much money are you spending this summer? I mean, at this rate, it's going to be an awful lot. <laughs> well, we already spent. Uh, is it 80? 85? 52 on Werner. About, I think it was about fifty when it was up. Yeah, about fifty and thirty. Let, 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 let's hope you make Champions League. <laughs> Look again. I don't, I've, I've been We're saying. Win it, I've been saying. <laughs> I've been saying for a while. We're not worried about Manchester United. It's, it's Leicester that we're competing with yeah. for, for Champions League, and the result right now, Chelsea are ahead of Leicester going into the final weeks of the season. Leicester have got to play Tottenham and you lot. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, he's, I know that we've got Liverpool to play, but I, th- I think we're going to finish ahead of Leicester. I, I think Manchester United will finish first. That Liverpool team comes out half pissed again, like they have been since they won the league, mate. You won't be worrying there at all. Um, yeah, but on that note, just quickly on that note, I did just, I did just watch Chelsea play fucking... Um, <laughs> Ast- uh, who did you just play? Palace. Palace. And A, Benteke scored. B, your midfield was completely overrun. You know, Jorginho came on and played well. Um, Pulisic, for what it's worth, looks fucking brilliant, right? That guy oh, looks no. good. Yeah. Um, I'm not fooled by this Willian nonsense. He does this every time his contract... Don't, don't be fooled I'm not going to be fooled by it. Um, but it's funny that he's finally he's got his highest goal tally now that he's taking the penalties that Hazard's not taking. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, everyone. Well, is he, I was thinking this the other day because Ramos has now scored twenty two in a row, hasn't he? And I'm thinking oh, Hazard's not getting his feasting on penalties, <laughs> is he? This is going to completely wreck his goal scoring numbers. <laughs> um, I said, like, I look at Tammy Abraham. I don't see it. I, uh, you know, what's we'll, we'll, If I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm excited because I can Werner, are, you know. I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen them play extensively, but it's exciting players to bring in. Um, but I'm still looking at that midfield. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you, you've talked about your midfield being really strong. I don't, I still think you can overrun them with physicality. Um, I don't think you've got, um, you've got Kante running around, but every year passes, he gets slow and he doesn't cover as much ground. Um, I just I look at that defence and I just think shit. <laughs> I just don't I don't I rate that defence. We both agree with the defence. Yeah, yeah. um, anywho, we've got Brighton, Man City at eight o'clock uh, on what day was it? Saturday. Uh, City aren't losing four away games in a row, are they? And it's Brighton. I'm morally obligated <laughs> never to never to cheer for Brighton. So. Uh, City. Yeah, City. City. Was I too harsh on Chelsea there, Lee? Uh, no, no. Um, as you said, you know, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea, but we can talk about Chelsea as now. And yeah, their defence is awful. Third. They, they are currently third in the league. <laughs> with a terrible defence. So, yeah. yeah. No, this is yeah, absolutely I'll go through the numbers. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> the numbers are here. <laughs> we, we are pretty, you know, unfortunate with how the numbers are skewed because no I would, I would suggest we're very fortunate both Manchester United and Chelsea are very fortunate this season because our first half of the season was dog shit you've had a patchy season pretty much overall in fits and spurts um, this is a season when both Spurs and Arsenal have completely fallen away completely yeah. fallen away um, you know, if if you're taking this, this kind of performances for any number of seasons going back um, would we be in the positions we're in, maybe not. Um, I, do, I do think, as a whole, I do think the league, whilst the players, I don't know. I, do, I don't think the Premier League has been very strong this year. I don't think it's been a very strong league. I don't think there's been much consistency. Um, I don't. I, I think we've got to a point where a lot of teams can take points off each other, um, and it's left to a bit of a jumbled mess. Um, and I think Chelsea have shown. Um, bits of consistency here and there to get them where they are. Um, United shown consistency after they signed Fernandez, um, but you knew this, didn't you, with Chelsea? Though you knew that this exactly. was going to be this, the season. Yeah. This was always going to be a rebuild this, this, this year. Was a um, was a gimme a year for for, for Frank? Basically, and getting, he didn't uh, sign anyone. And getting Champions League football is a, the biggest Brucey bonus you could ask for, right? Absolutely. I don't think that look, some some fans would have looked at the team and still felt we had an opportunity. But in reality, 
Eden carried the team to the top four last year. Without being went. the best player in the league. It's interesting, that. Mm. <laughs> oh, but also, by the way, Cahill took a dive today. Ridiculous. Getting your first goal because your ex-player took a fucking dive. Ridiculous. Did you see Shalaber at the weekend as well? He seemed to, he seemed to put himself on free kicks and continually <laughs> stuck him in the stand. Mate, I, I need investigation. <laughs> Who we got coming up? Sorry, Sheffield United. Have we got any players there? Um, anyway, let's crack on. Sunday, 12 o'clock. We've got Wolves-Everton. Uh, this is on Sky Sports as well. I ain't going to Everton here, bruv. No, this is Wolves. Yeah, Wolves. Wolves. Okay, then quarter past two, Villa Palace. Uh, this is also on Sky. Oh, if Villa are gonna, if Villa are gonna get anything out, you know, if they're gonna start digging themselves out of the hole that they're in, this is it, isn't it? Uh, well, B units on the scoring trail now, boys. Yeah, so. I don't see it. I, I take Palace. Um, yeah, I take Palace. Who scores goals for Aston Villa? No, Grealish, no one. Wasn't it meant to be Wesley? Because, like, who the fuck scores goals here? Um, that's their problem. Well, that's can you quick, uh, right, can you go and quickly find out who the top, the, the, the top goal scorers goals, for Villa are? Who scored goals for Villa? Um, yeah. I'll crack no, on. So carry on. Are we all saying on. Villa? Are we all saying Palace, uh, yeah? I think we, yes, we're going to take Palace, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Oh, then we've got half past four. McGinn's our top scorer. It may well be McGinn. Yeah. Could be McGinn. Um, then we've got... McGinn's been missing yeah. since December. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. I think he's our top scorer. Oh, this is... Big game of half four. Spurs-Arsenal. Also on Spurs. Is it really? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, tasty. Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Draw for me. Yeah, draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seven o'clock, Bournemouth Leicester also on Sky Sports. Uh, I'm going to go for Leicester here because Bournemouth are terrible. Yep, Leicester. Yep, Leicester. Woods. Yep. Yep. Have you found the goal scorers yet? Uh, I'm working on it. You've got one more game. Okay. Uh, we've got Manchester United versus Southampton on the Monday night football. Which is, of course, on Sky Sports as well. Uh, I'm going to go for Manchester United again. <laughs> um, yes, Manchester United, yeah. Yeah, uh, it is Grealish with nine. And then after that? Hurrahan with seven. Is this right? El Ghazi. El Ghazi with six. This is what I'm wanting. Is it all competitions? I mean, fuck's sake, it doesn't say. I think I think it's Premier League. I mean, Great McGinn's got three. McGinn's got three. Well, there you go. Those are the predictions. I mean, I didn't predict for the last one. Did you not? What are you going for? Uh, I'll take a uh, a draw. Of course, you would. Of course, go for that fence. I do love it. Um, Excelente. We just need some winners and chumps, and then we're going to ride on home out of here. So I'm going to go with. Who should we go first? Kieran, starts off with your chumley of the week. My chump. Um, it's definitely the FA. Because they are absolutely fucking useless. I'm actually a bit pissed off about this because the fit and uh, proper persons test is obviously not doing any good because Wigan have been absolutely fucked in a massive way. Yep. Have you not seen this? No, what's happened mm. with Wigan? If you go so to Wigan... if you go to Squires, there's they've got there's a really good cartoon that he brought out I think today um where he's got the entire the entire scenario of what's happened narrated by their mascot which I believe is a pie. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, Wigan's mascot is a pie. Yeah, and right, honestly, wonderful. the cartoon is fucking brilliant. Please go and read it. Because they were they, they were owned by um, JJB guy, right? Well, uh, Dave Whelan. Oh, David Whelan. Dave Whelan, yeah. Well, he, he sold it on to a, I think it was a, an Asian man. I, he is in with a betting company. They then became the sponsor. I think he then took out. Didn't he transfer? I think he's transferred it into a separate club's name, a separate business's name. Took a loan out, and then put them into administration. Hey, yeah, that's correct, isn't it? It's something along those lines. Basically, they have gone in and fucked them. And I think no, I've seen some. I've seen some. I think he bought the club for like forty million, and then forty days later, he's put them in administration. Yeah, and there's supposed rumours of connections with big bets in the Asian mar- betting markets, which is why to go down, so they get the twelve point deduction. Yeah, no. So, so, so the whole big the whole thing fun. is is that actually, um, whilst the club get relegated because of all this shit going on, the I guy, can't wait for the Netflix. The guy makes this one, mate. The guy makes bank off it. Because of the, the the gambling on then going down. Yeah, yes. there's it, 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 honestly, it's really really interesting. Go and find the Squires cartoon with the talking pie. It's phenomenal. Like this, surely, surely, how has this been allowed to happen? And we're coupled with Burnley. It's, it's pissed me off because I mean I don't care about Wigan, but that's just a disgrace. It's a whole football club that has just been ruined I remember when they won the FA Cup right and when you had Whelan in the stands because he'd obviously famously broken his leg and all that kind of stuff and it was genuinely a feel good story wasn't it it was a real look what's happened to them literally they are a rich person's plaything just to be fucked about discarded with no fucking rhyme reason thought put into it it is an absolute disgrace it is there you go Woods give me a loser a chumley if you will ah ah Kepari for Balaga. <laughs> <laughs> Can he still count? I think uh, we haven't lost a game since uh, since we did the last did the podcast. But uh, I'm going to continue to just pound on him a bit. That seems unfair. I. Oh, you should have. He should have saved that today. Hard. Like absolutely. Um, I, I, you've caught me on the hop because I've been thinking about my winner. I haven't put much thought into to, to my to my losers. Um, Aston Villa. That's going to hurt when they get back down there because they've got a whole lot of balancing to do with the books. And no decent players to sell apart from Grealish and Mings. Yeah. So they ain't going to get their money back. Tyron Mings is not a decent player. He's the kind of player that deserves to stay in the championship. Someone's definitely signing Mings. They did the Fulham and followed it to the letter. This is it. What were they doing? We talked about Why it. Did they, we talked uh, about it in the um, kind of the, the season preview where we talked about Mings, and I just baffled by why they're spending all that money on Mings. You know, it's like, oh, it's been good for them. Well, great in the championship, good one. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel that they their, their situation was that a lot of their players last year in the championship were online, wasn't it? So they had to buy a team, which is what's completely fucked them this year. Where Sheffield United have been a team since they kind of came up from League One through the championship into to where they are now. Uh, there's no guarantees it works because obviously Norwich have been together as a team and obviously they're going back down but certainly lack of goals lack of goals that's the they put him in the old Wesley you know basket and he ain't delivered um, well, he's been injured as well he hasn't delivered though when he's been fit oh, look, at, um, look, at, look at Lee defending <laughs> Mr Collard give me a, give me a chump of the week um, 
I, I was going to go, I was toying between troops after watching Arsenal TV today and it killing me for half an hour. Um, and then also Tottenham and Everton just because it was the worst game of football ever. But uh, you've actually helped me out by telling me a little story just before we started the recording and that was uh, um, the Liverpool fans have decided to vandalise the Dixie Dean statue uh, outside Goodison. So... Um, so yeah, any, so. any chance to get the Liverpool fans as chumps or wankers of the week, then I will, and it's Liverpool fans. Yeah, I like that one. It's, it's just what are they doing? They just won the league. Uh, I, I know it's not. I know it's not like fifty thousand Liverpool fans have gone down there and done it. But like, what the fuck goes through this lot's head? Didn't they set fire to that building as well? Was it always them? The Liver Building, yeah, but because it was blue. <laughs> yes, the light, it was lit up blue because of the NHS. So they set it on fire. <laughs> it's red now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> baffling um, absolutely baffling uh, my loser of the week is the um, football association or the Premier League whoever is responsible for uh, these fucking drinks breaks because um, they have been absolutely abused beyond belief now any drinks break it's a fucking half time of half time and it's well just, it is because the game's now saw- quarters and it's just bollocks they, they mentioned that on Sunday supplements <laughs> one of the journalists said like, maybe we, we should make it into quarters because Danny Murphy wrote a piece about it's good for hydration. Danny Murphy said <laughs> about, um, sorry, leading into the uh, Guard of Honour, says that Kevin De Bruyne shouldn't do it because none of the players are better than him. What? <laughs> which, which is absolutely a mental take, by the way. Like, oh, Kevin De Bruyne should not be giving a Guard of Honour to these Liverpool players because he's better than all of them. And it was it was it was brilliant because obviously Danny Murphy once played for Liverpool, right? I mean, he famously kept scoring winners against United yes. when yeah, and um, <laughs> clearly turned massively heel on Liverpool over that weekend. I mean, I don't even get where he was coming from on that. It's such a bizarre stance to take, but um, yeah, yeah. It's... This whole thing about the extent, I just hate the drinks break. I think it's complete bullshit. But like, it's not even a higher side. You've had no, three I mean, or four I, games now as well. You're probably, you're back to it now. You're in training every day. You don't need a fucking drinks break when it's fucking cold. And it it's just an excuse. That was calling it out, weren't he? Because... You don't have drinks breaks in America in pre-season. No, so exactly. It's just, it's why? fucking bullshit, man. And it's, I'm tired of it. Because it just, it's, that Everton Spurs game, it's just like, it gives Mourinho a chance to just, just kill the game. Kill the game. Kill and the it's game. Just, Goal came at the worst time. And it's just, I just, I can't. You used to say that when it's half time, now you're saying it when it's Are, are the managers minutes. allowed to do tactics in the drink? It's not what it was designed for. But it's literally but, turned I, mean, I guess if there, the rules aren't there, then. They give tactics, can't they? Yeah, I mean, it's turned into a, basically a team talk. Absolutely. But ultimately, unless there was kind of clearly pointed out that manager cannot be over there. But that, but that, course, but that combined with the five subs. Meaning that basically, like... I th- yeah, I the five subs was enough, really, wasn't well, it? Well, I think it was it Sean Dyche that came out and said it's basically bullshit because it favours the stronger teams of the stronger squads. The five subs does, that's for sure. Yeah, it does. You look at Chelsea, Chelsea's bench oh, yeah. today was basically another starting eleven. Yeah. United uh, have had I'm sure Manchester United it's have just... it, City have it. You know, like, ultimately... And it has been pointed out that... I mean, we spoke about it last not last week, the week before, before Chelsea managed to go and lose to fucking West Ham, uh, that the bottom five teams had taken like three points since the start after like 15 games because they're playing against teams who have got better players to bring on, fresher legs, and they're just taking full advantage of it. Yeah. So yeah, it has been a... Certainly this restart has favoured deeper squads. I would like to deeper lose squads these rules, basically, is what I'm getting at. Evident in today's game as well with Palace, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately... 
Chelsea are able to bring on Jorginho and without him they lose well they don't maybe they don't lose the game but they certainly don't win it and Loftus-Cheek as well and Abraham who combined to score yeah yeah but then Ruben didn't really do much after I think we're looking at the uh, the artist formerly known as at this point I'm not too sure what's left of him well at least the big sees, handsome bastard he is but Right, I'm going to be an Instagram model, yeah. <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> right, Kieran, my man, give me a winner. Uh, Carlos Tevez. Fucking hell, this is wild. <laughs> I'm learning so much. What? He signed on for he signed on for one last year of Boca Juniors and asked to not be paid. Oh. He said to donate the money, or wow. like, he said he just wants to play for his club. He doesn't need the money. Because obviously he went to China and bagged it all. <laughs> he even said as much afterwards, didn't he? He's like, yeah, no, that was a holiday just to get a big fat paycheck. Oscar came out and spoke about this this week because he, he was kind of, obviously he went quite young to China. He was like, it's a job. I made my family for life here. You know, don't criticise me because I'm playing in China because I'm. it's a job. Fair enough. Which is an interesting take. I don't, I don't have any issue with players doing that a lot of the time, but I don't want them ideally playing for my club because... You know, see a Galo. Hey, man, a Galo's a great player. One, well, one man. Um, give me your winner, Woods. It's not soccer, but uh, Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> just just got mate. Oh my god, he became the first half billion dollar contract in America. Um, Ten years, five hundred and three million dollars. Made for life, man. That's insane. It is incredible. Uh, he's been in the league three years. In his second year, he won the MVP. He won the Super Bowl in his third year. He he is a genuine magician. Um, he's worth every cent of it because he's the best in his position and already like three years into his career, you could even argue he's the best in his position to ever do it just because of what he does. Um, I won't get too much into it because this is not an American football podcast, but yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I've never heard of him. I assume he's the quarterback? He is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Shrug shoulders. <laughs> um, Mr. Collard. Um, I'm going to give it to Bruno Fernandes just because I made him triple captain in my fantasy football and he came through. Um, and also because when we initially signed, we all went round and said, is he going to do it? And I said, no. And clearly he's doing it, so I best make him a winner. I just want to put my hand on and say I fucking said he would. I, let, let, see, this is it. I think this is the difference between me and Lee, right? Because it will happen again in the summer, and a team will sign someone, and Lee will again go with his personality, which is half empty, and he'll go, this guy will suck, and I'll be myself, which will be half full, and I'll go, this guy would be a success. And flip of a coin, one one of us is going to be right. Uh, it's just how it fair, goes. I based it purely on the fact that you've been linked with Tottenham and Ma- uh, Michael said that he watched a game in Portugal and he said it was the worst football he'd ever seen. So I thought he'd be shit. <laughs> until, until, until I watched Everton Literally, Spurs last night. never seen the games in my life. Until I watched Everton Spurs last night, mate. That's now totally overtaken as the worst game. Fuck me. Um, oh, we got. To, can we comment on, on Jose lying? Um, about the fact that he'd rather have Lacelso instead of Bruno Fernandes. Who's yours then? Mine is going to be uh, Greenwood. Two excellent goals. The important goals as well. Um, and yeah, the guy looks fucking great. 
It's when he, he's got that ability about him that when he gets near the box and he shapes a shoot, I'm kind of expecting it to go in. Um, and it's not from hit and hopes either. I don't, I don't feel there's a hit and hope about him. I feel like it's all technique. And he's not, he's not just hitting it wildly and playing the percentages. He's actually trying... Do you know, do you know you what I mean? Get what I'm saying? Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. You perk up, the expectation goes up because you feel like you know, it's genuinely going to... Exactly. I don't feel like it's a flip of a coin. I feel like you know, the odds are they favour him when he gets into that kind of position. And um, yeah, as a United fan, I'm very, very pleased. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, my, that's, my, that's my guy. That's my guy. Any other thoughts from anyone else? Or are we wrapping this motherfucker up Speaking now? of players, like, yeah, finding yeah. a corner, hitting a corner and fight. I, I remember hearing something from Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole was talking about some long-range strikes. And his comment was along the lines that, oh, yeah, players don't aim for a position. They just hit and hope. I heard. I remember Is this, this. on a pod? So I, I don't know if it was a podcast pod or if he was kind of a, on, on a Sky Sports thing. And I remember him saying and, and, and me thinking... That explains a lot about Carlton Cole, the footballer. <laughs> <laughs> His idea that these players are out here just getting really lucky. <laughs> Why isn't it happening for me? He's watched Bruno Fernandes at the weekend. Oh, fucking lucky again. <laughs> um, yeah. On that note, I'd like to say a big thank you to Kieran for rocking onto the show. You're uh, welcome. Um, I'm not lying to you. I'm, Whilst you know, I appreciate your, your your appearance. I'm a little bit disappointed. What's that? <laughs> well, you know, you set the bar fucking high last time. He wanted the long piece uh, on 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 our tetties. Who, who sets the topics? <laughs> the guy sitting next to you does. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I'll have Ancelotti on it next time. <laughs> um, but as I said before, dude, you're welcome every single time you want to come on, man. Pleasure to have you here. Um, Thank you very much. Any parting words? Is there anything you want to plug? You know what? I do want to touch on something. And he hates it when I do this because what it is, I, I have, uh, Mikey is moving to Spain. Yeah. And it came up in the group chat. What team should Mikey support when he moves to Spain? Now, Mikey knows my feeling about this. I hate Barcelona. I hate Real Madrid. And basically, if he supports either of them, we ain't talking no more. You can't. That's, exactly. You However, can't one of our lot chirps up. He's like, no, you have to support Madrid, mate. Because you have to support a team that wins stuff, otherwise what's the point? Now this man, this man is a Chelsea fan, right? Now the thing is, is that when we got to university, Chelsea had just started winning things, right? It, 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 it was the first, he was a stereotype, and I'm fucking with this guy, and I'm like, fuck's sake. Anyway, Lee calls him out on his bullshit immediately, like, you've basically been supporting Chelsea for like literally six months now. <laughs> um, and you can always tell the difference between a fan of, a che- of Chelsea that's been a fan of Chelsea longer or not, just by the basis of the players that they kind of pick and talk about. Anyway, this this guy this guy then goes on to kind of double down on his his fanboy and he 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 supported the New England Patriots, <laughs> right? And his argument for this was, yeah, no, 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 uh, it's not because they win everything. It's because when I first watched the Super Bowl, they were the first team out of the tunnel, and it's like no, that's just. That's just bullshit, isn't it? I, and the, kind of the thing is, is that... Bear, I, my, bear I, in mind, he's making his decision based on upon watching the Super Bowl, where you're guaranteed yeah, so, to get already. one of the best two teams in the fucking, <laughs> yeah. in the league. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, um, he, I, I feel that he doesn't fully understand why people still feel that he's just a Chelsea fan from 2003, it's kind of onwards when the money came in. Uh, he's not quite grasped that. And the thing is, is that I, there's a lot of people on Twitter, and I, I struggle because there's a lot of Real Madrid accounts and a lot of Barcelona accounts 
and a lot of Bayern Munich accounts that speak very good English. And I can only work out that these are all people that live in England. Who the fuck supports these fucking teams in this country? Like, done. If you support Real Madrid, Barcelona or Bayern Munich in this country and you're not from either of those places, go fuck yourself. You ain't a football fan. Like, genuinely, you're the worst person. Um, but anyway, as to who Mikey should support, it's Betis. Now, the reason being, Mikey's girlfriend and family all support Real Betis. Yeah, they have uh, a shrine to... Who's, who's who? their rivals? Back in. I did say about Sevilla. I did say oh, about Sevilla. But I can speak from experience as to kind of marrying into a family who support Chelsea. So, so I can talk through... Them. <laughs> it, it's more the fact that you get enjoyment at kind of parties uh, whose party was it where we were on the dance floor singing about being champions to a load of Spurs fans which was really I don't think I was there it might have been you uh, Lauren and, and your dad yeah. uh, which is really quite ballsy because it was bef- it was the season where it was between us and Spurs and we hadn't quite got across the line at that point so it had like the recipe of being like the worst moment ever but it was definitely the best moment ever and this is what comes with it so I'm sure that there's family down there because they're from Seville, Seville aren't they yeah. so I'm sure there's some extended family somewhere that are Seville fans but you're going to be a Betis fan because they've got awesome kits and when they kind of get one over Severe, you can give the business with the familia. <laughs> okay. It'd be like the equivalent of supporting Everton, mate. Me. Trust me, don't go there. <laughs> so who do you think <laughs> I should support in Who's that? Raul Hispalas. Raul Hispalas? Hispanas. Hispanas, yeah, him. Um, only because they've got only because they got Fakir and I always buy him because he's got release calls on FM. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Isn't, didn't Fakir go to Betis? I don't know. Yeah, he he went to. No, he went to Seville. Seville. Fakir. Yeah. Um. Get this up. <laughs> I thought he went to Betis because Lo Celso moved from Betis. Uh, Fakir plays for Betis. There you go, Fakir, your boy, and 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 Joaquin and his penis plays for Betis as well. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, I am not going to be living there. I'm going to be living in Madrid. Which is why you should go for Catafi. Up and coming, they're doing really well this year. Pushing for Champions League. Don't... If, 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 if you wear a fucking Real Madrid shirt, mate, we are done. Right, no, look, it ain't going to be Real Madrid, right? Don't, do not... I will, I will definitely go to a game, but I will not be a Real Madrid fan, OK? Um, I toyed with the idea of Atleti just because... Being able to be a part of the Simeone bastard machine would be very, very fun, I imagine. Um, and obviously got a new stadium. There is that. But, yes, um, there is that. There is that. But uh, you also then have to watch a team that has uh, Alvaro Morata leading the line. Yeah. We'll see. Look, I'm gonna go to, I'll try and go to a few games and see which one, see which one I enjoy the most. Probably a good idea. Like seriously, the bettest kits are paying, man. You should definitely get on that. Green, man. I can't see him on pro. Green kits, struggle. struggle. It's a big no-no. Really struggle. Really this struggle. Um, anyway, on that How note, many Celtic kits over the years have been nice? None. Could, yeah, but that's hoops. Are you leaning towards Real Madrid then, Mike? No, I'm not. Real Madrid are not in the conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no Real Madrid here. I hate Real I Madrid. Could Im- I could imagine that the Eden Hazard best player in the world shouts would be coming. <laughs> He's never been the best player in the world or in any league he's been in. So, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he was the best, uh, maybe he was the best player the best in player in Liga 1 when he was there. Uh, well, did Zlatan he play, won that did, award. Did, did Zlatan he also the won the time. award in the Premier League as well. Um, twice. Did, did Zlatan play at the same time? 
Yeah, but he oh. didn't win Player of the Year. Yeah, but he probably won the league, though. Um, no, I don't think he was, though. No. Um, he was still Because he joined in 2012, didn't he? So he's playing he, in the he, True he, Farmers he joined, League, then. Best player he, in the he, Farmers he, League. There you go. That's he, Hazard he, for he, you. And on that note, we're out of here. Yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> Okay. Let's do this. Let's get out of here. Let's go back and enjoy the football. Oh, oh, Arsenal no, hanging in there. I, wanna, oh, I need a piss, man. I had one other thing <laughs> I wanted to mention. Just quickly, when was the last time Real Madrid won the league? I have no idea. Oh. Um, oh, well, they're going to win it this year now that they signed uh, Real Madrid. Uh, now that they've signed Eden Hazard. So, good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, no, I've had a good time. I have, one, I have one other thing I wanted to ask you guys, right? So, I, today I went on a few different club websites, right? Uh, I went on to Ooh. Real Madrid's website, Man United's, uh, Liverpool's. Arsenal, Cities, Everton's, and Chelsea's, yeah? This is wild. Right? Why have you gone on all these Because I wanted to see if the... Because I don't know if you guys remember, when you back in the day, if you go onto your team's website, it would always be absolute dog shit. You couldn't find anything. Things were hidden everywhere. It was it was appalling. You used to say, you said about the Everton website. The Man United website used to be a fucking brain ache of a, of a site. You could not find a fucking thing. And when Man City got taken over and they got all the money, they got their website done by someone and it looked fucking awesome. They, it was clean, it was big, it was the imagery was really good. It was fucking amazing. What's going on in the game? Possible red card, eh? Possible I red think, card. I think Inketi has just murdered a man. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look good, does it? Oh dear. Oh dear. Is that Justin? Oh! He, he should be being sent off here. Is what oh! Fucking hell. Yeah, it's not, it's not anyway, good. Anyway, yeah, sorry, the, um, the so, so I went to all these websites, right? And I, and I, yeah. I wanted to see what the standard of websites was now across, the, across these big teams, right? Now, right. everyone pretty much has the same kind of website. I will say the worst website out of the lot is Liverpool's. It looks like it was built about eight years ago. Genuinely, it doesn't look good. Man City's is worse than it used to be. It used to be really cool. Now it's just identikit boring. United is so much better than it used to be. It's not even funny. Everton's is actually half decent these days. The cool thing about the United website, the Chelsea website, and I believe the Everton website, is you've got this section called statistics. For every single, you can click on a player and you get mad stats about what they've been doing. Like proper, proper mad stats. It looks fucking awesome, right? Now, Chelsea's... What's going on? Man's gone to go look at the screen. They're using the screen for what? For what? He's killed him. They've got the bottle to tell him to send it off. Just send him off. Fucking hell. Oh, no. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. gone. Goodbye. Um, Now... (laughs) He only looked at it once. I don't know why he needed to... The VAR guy should have just been like, like, he's, he's murdered him. Wow. That's a silly move. Silly move. No, but the question... Just tell me about the websites. I need a piss. No, shut up. (laughs) Right. Now, the Chelsea website does something that no other website does that I could find. Right. Go on. When you go to their squad page and you look at their player list, right, when you click on a player, some players have just their just a photo of them looking like you know doo doo and some player have have like a fucking a like a like a like a video that auto plays right and you and it gives you like a highlight of what they do and it just constantly loops it's not like a youtube video where you have to click it it just it's like a moving gif of really good quality that plays like it takes up the top half of the screen highlighting that player and I was like, the first player I clicked on was Pulisic, right? And he's got this one of him, I think he scores some mad goal, and it's like, that's really fucking cool. I've never seen this before. Then I went through the rest of the team to see who else had this cool gimmick. Not all players have them. And this was the intriguing thing, right? So, K- 
Caballero has one. <laughs> right? I don't understand why Caballero has one. I'm absolutely baffled. Kepa has one where he makes a pretty bog standard save. Uh, Marcus Alonso has one. Christensen has one. Right? And the one of Christensen is him missing a header. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to find a highlight. What? Right? And then we've got Kurt Zuma's got one. Kante's got one. I think the goal against Liverpool where he does yeah, like a go. million different turns yeah. and puts do, it do, in. Do, yeah. uh, Kovacic has one of him playing the ball forward. Mount's got one. hudson odoi has got one. Willian, Pooley and Tammy Abraham have got one. And that's it. No, like, there's Excellent. so many players that just don't have a video that you'd think, maybe like a Jorginho or a fucking... Just any... Azpilicueta doesn't have a video. That's weird. I encourage... I maybe they're working on it, man. I don't know if it's a new thing. I encourage all of you fans back home who have been enthralled by this segment that's been broken up by a man killing someone on a football pitch to go home and look at your own team's website and see if any of the players move there. Also, check out the stats pages because they've improved a lot since 2006. And on that note... Lee, what do you need to do? I'm going to go for a fucking piss, so I'm saying good night. <laughs> Buenos noches. Okay. Hasta luego. Arrivederci. Bye bye. What the fuck? I'm still rolling here. He's just, he's just doing it. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.